1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: KNC Masterpiece right here on 105, through The Fan. You got me, Kevin Hagelin, Mike Bassick, Joey the Jet Erickson, also known as Slim Scotty. Corey is on vacation for the rest of the week, but fear not. He will be back on Monday. So in his stead, we bring to you Derek Holland. Good morning, Uh, sir.
3: Good morning. Hey, Mikey. Yes, sir. Do you know whose jersey I have on today? Rolando Blackman. Are you going to do the reveal? I am for Josh Green. No, 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 it's, it's a, it's. Did you like wearing your it.
0: Dinwiddie jersey by accident when he's not on the team anymore? I saw you on camera. Not last time. I night. didn't I think you were wearing Dirk. It w- was
3: Bullock, and oh. they were giving me crap oh. for it. Oh, okay. So who do I have on?
0: If I have to guess,
3: yeah, it's your favorite player, Dwight Powell. <laughs> no, that's
0: <laughs> it. Fair- Timmy!
2: Timmy! Timmy, somebody's hot. I knew so you'd like that. Let's smoke it. Normally, I feel like he would be furious about that. This he is would. this is one of the instances. Where Tim Hardaway Jr. is on fire, and I want to break that down from the He's perspective in that Joey Gallo, yes. player of
0: the week month. Like, did I say he was going right? to
2: say? Derek said that you would I say said that. Yeah, this is awesome.
0: That. Like Joey would do this too for the Rangers, where you're like, dude, is he going to bat 400 and hit six home runs every week?
2: And I realize I kind of want to talk about both of these guys in the same perspective. Is Tim Hardaway Jr. hot? Josh Green. Not now the Mavericks get the win, and every win at this point is so important considering how compacted the Western Conference standings are, I I believe, let me double check, but I believe the Mavericks moved up to
0: fifth. They are right now.
2: Because of that, yeah. And so they went from, they were sixth, they lost, they're down to seventh. They won, they're up to fifth. And you have another game coming up with the Pelicans, who are desperately even trying to stay in the top ten, but a loss will drop you once again, whereas a win can keep some momentum going, whether you want to make a run for fourth. You know, third and second is probably pie in the sky, like unless you go undefeated or something, but... Fourth still feels viable. What did you think about the game from the perspective of Hardaway and Green particularly?
3: Well, to me, I I want to see a little bit more from Green point-wise, but Hardaway's been on fire. Yeah. Green has still been making massive improvements in my opinion. I feel like he's playing better defense. He's 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 doing a lot better than he was before. He's not afraid to drive to the hole. He can dribble. Uh, I I just see some great things from him going on. And then Timmy has just been lights out from the three-point range right now. I mean, he was last night, I thought he was going to break or either break or tie the record uh, for most threes in the game. So he was, I mean, he was great. And then all of a sudden when he tripped up by the coach, uh, that kind of scared me a little bit. I thought for sure that was going to kill his momentum. He was, I mean, Especially because of last hot.
0: year's injury, too. You're like, because I'm watching on television, oh, yeah, yeah I didn't. and I'm thinking to myself, oh, crap, did he just re-injure the injury he had last year? And at this point, whether you like Tim Hardaway Jr. or don't like Tim Hardaway Jr., you really need him because you are lacking a lot of depth on this team because we don't need Frankie Smokes out there right. playing basketball. <laughs> so <laughs> Tim Hardaway Jr. is outstanding mm-hmm. right now. This is... This is when Swaggy P's on fire. This is when Jr. Smith is on fire, and you ride the wave. And I think Kyrie's very smart at this. I'm not trying to take a shot at Luca. I think Luca's pretty good at this, too. But Kyrie, more of a veteran player. We have to remember, Kyrie has played 12 years in the NBA. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not – he has seven more years on Luca in this league, and he's played with a lot of different players. So, I see Kyrie really working as he sees Tim get hot early – in in a in a quarter or early in a situation, Kyrie will kind of look for him coming off of a screen or something to be like, "Let me get Tim in, in a good rhythm shot right here." And so I do. It's all Tim. Tim is making the shots, but Kyrie is doing a great job of giving Tim Hardaway Jr.
3: good looks. See, I felt like too wh- last night. I felt like the way that uh, both uh, Luca and Kyrie were bringing the ball up with Timmy they knew he was hot they both were using him It was like okay he's hot and I feel like that's coming from Kyrie saying hey this guy's hot so let's just keep feeding him until okay you know he cooled off a little bit now we can go somewhere else like they're moving the ball around very well and I think it was Sean that said it earlier too is the selflessness that they're they're throwing out there I mean they're they're not afraid to just give the ball up and let somebody score too
0: now I am worried a little bit about Josh Green can we just okay, go ahead.
2: Stick for Hardaway with All just right. one second because somebody texted that in, texted this in, and I get if you look from the broader perspective, but that doesn't usually work with Hardaway because of the ebb and flow of his game. You say he's on fire, but for the year, he's shooting 37%. So I think the more important point right now is I looked it up last six games. What do you think he's shooting from three?
0: Well, watching the game last night, I think Derek Harper and Mark Folliwell said around 60%. 63% in
2: the last six games. And he's taking seven and a half three-pointers per game. So this isn't a thing where he's like, yeah, he takes three game and he makes two, which would still be incredible, but that's not high volume. Seven and a half per game at 63% in the last six games. That is an astonishing yeah. run right there.
0: He is. He does this. And this is great. He usually has... Three times a year where he does this and you have to ride it. Yeah. And this is, like I say, I know it's a baseball term, but it's when the Rangers had Joey Gallo. There's going to be three times a year where Joey Gallo, in a four week stretch, you have to, you know, it's not four weeks in a row. But in those four weeks, he's going to have 20 home runs. Now, the rest of the year, there's five more months. He's going to have 20 home runs the other five months of the whole year. But when you get a guy this hot, when a guy's this hot, this cold, this is where you really got to use him at his best. And you got to just hope that it stays in this pocket for longer than usual. And you know what? Honestly, I would even take just
2: more immediately tonight because we've speculated about Luka tonight with the back-to-back. If Luka doesn't play but Tim Hardaway stays at this point, you 100% can win this game.
3: Let me ask you this. Do yeah. you feel like Sorry.
0: No,
2: no, go ahead.
3: Uh in baseball, you know, how we always say hitting's contagious. Yes. Do you feel like the same thing with the shooting is contagious? 100%. With these guys, I mean Timmy's hot right now. I know you guys gave me crap for wearing Reggie's jersey. He's getting hot, too, as, as the time is progressing. And, of course, it's that time. You always talk about, well, October, November, December, he's ice cold. Well, here we are, February, March, January, too. He's picking up steam.
0: Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you, and they're going to have to because we've talked about this. They can't play defense to save their lives yeah. for the most part. So they're going to have to against the the teams that are going to make the playoffs if they play a playoff series against whether it's Denver, Denver, The Kings, the Grizzlies, the Suns, they're going to have to probably average 130 a game to win that series. And that's very hard to do because they're probably going to give up 125 a game.
3: I do want to add as well with the Kyrie and Luka on defense. I know we've talked about this before with Luka not getting back. because He's busy spending time with the refs. I feel like Kyrie has really rubbed him the wrong or rubbed him the right way to where he is now going back on defense. He's not because Kyrie would have to pick it up. Or somebody else, and there's always somebody left open because Luka was back there. They've not... Granted, yes, the defense isn't as great as we want it to be. But to me, I feel like it has gotten a little bit better. It's just those teams with the big men. We have trouble really containing that.
0: Phoenix scored 130
3: points. I know that... You see how many big men they got? Aiton is unbelievable down there. And then you had Durant as well, too. The Durantula. Well, I don't know what he calls himself now.
1: Right. But I but mean... I mean it's, it's, they're
3: still going to put up points. I get it. Right. But I'm saying we can... I feel like we've kind of a little bit improved in the defensive side with Maxi back. I mean, Maxi didn't even play against Phoenix. Or no, yeah, he didn't. No, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't he so, played
0: last night, but you have to remember I'm not he, saying Utah's he's... not gonna make the playoffs and they sat out four of their eight rotation players last night.
3: Okay, so never mind that. They're trying my words. They're they <laughs> are trying <laughs> to move out of the but, way. I'm
0: hey, if you can I do think this if the Mavericks can hold a team under one twenty I think they're going to win most of those games. Are that's how good they are offensively. God, that's a
3: lot to ask for. Right. 120?
0: But, yeah, to be like, hey, we're, uh. I think we're going to score 120 or more. If we can hold them under 120, and I know that's not a goal going in, but you kind of look at the broader picture of it because you're looking at you know trying to hold a team to under 30 a quarter pretty much is what you're trying to do on this team. Uh, I, I like the win last night. It doesn't matter at this point. You just need a win. Yes. However dirty yes. it is, however, yes. hey, Utah sat out half their team, yeah. and you you almost lost. Who cares? At this point, yeah. you didn't cover the spread. Who cares? Yeah. You just need a win, you, just like you're talking about tonight. You yeah. just need a yeah. win tonight. However, it happens, you just need a win because a loss could put you in eighth place. Yes, a, a win could keep you in fifth place. So, I wanted to get to
2: Josh Green. Yes, real quick. sorry, I just I thought there we could talk a little bit more about Hardaway, but you're right. So. Hardaway ascending kind of in that run of six games. But you look at, I would say, the first half of February. Right. Maybe peak Josh Green or peak Josh Green opportunities. And since then, he has struggled, not always in terms of shooting percentage, but also in terms of getting involved in the flow of the offense. You've seen plenty of games where he gets
0: minutes and, And it's just not flowing from that perspective. And hopefully he's just in a little bit of a rut. Now, remember, he had a major injury this year. Because I was thinking about this last night. I said, is he running into a wall? Because what I'm I'm wondering is, like, has this season, because his rookie year, he barely played. Yeah. Last year, he didn't play much. And this year, he's gotten extended to kind of more of a 25 to 30-minute-a-guy game type of guy. And so... I was looking at it. It sounds like we're ending a show. Right I know. Now. I was thinking it's time for Mike's crosstalk. <laughs> but uh, as as I'm looking at at this, I know this isn't fair because it's only three games, but it's really more than this. If you just look at right now in his three games in March, he's averaging 29 minutes, four points on 33% shooting, 25% from three. That's not fair. It's only three games. But even if you go back to his prior six games, uh, in the month of February, he has one game where he scored double digits. Yeah. And with the loss of Dorian Finney Smith and with the loss of Dinwiddie, now you replace one of them with Kyrie Irving, obviously, but we are really hoping that he could take his game to the next level i'm not giving up on him at all but he has struggled now for a good two weeks he's kind of regressed as a player and you really need him to give you a good 30 minutes a night especially if you do make the playoffs
2: so check this out since you said he's regressed in the last two weeks i decided to double check this career minutes for Josh Green by season. I think this will feed into what like you were talking per about. per game? No, no. I'm saying for the season, I've got the numbers. Okay. But per game, I can give you the numbers as well. But this just shows how much more he's been playing. Rookie year, 444 minutes for the whole season. Last year, 1,038 for the whole season. This year, he's already surpassed that by 100. And guess when he finally surpassed that mark? In the last two weeks. And so now, everything you get from here is the most basketball, Josh Green has played at a high level in his career. Obviously, that's going to be more than you're going to play in a college season as well. And so I do kind of wonder if there's some validity to that.
0: I'm going to use Derek and Derek here. Uh, Derek Harper last night on the broadcast, he said, you know what? Josh Green is doing wrong right now. And, And Derek sometimes doesn't want to Harper, doesn't want to criticize the Mavericks at all. And this wasn't a criticism of him, but it was a very good point. He said, Josh Green is not now ready to shoot the ball when they pass it to him. And I thought from a dude who's played 20 years in the NBA, I thought that was very astute for the audience. I love that Derek Harper gave that to us last night because now Josh Green isn't ready to shoot the ball when he catches it. It's kind of like, ah, I'm not hot right now. I'm not shooting the ball right now. And now he's not as confident. And as I think most veterans will tell you, whether it's shooting a basketball, hitting, pitching, if you get on that mound, if you get in that batter's box, if you catch the ball and you're open and you don't really want it or don't know you can do it, you're going to have a lot of issues. So I think Derek Harper pointed out right now one of Josh Green's issues is is he's kind of lost his confidence when he does catch the ball in the corner. I've huh. seen
3: a lot of confidence coming from the the other guys, though, pushing them. I know Maxi coming back from his injury, I saw it last night, big time, he took a shot. You could tell he wasn't very happy with it. Luca and Kyrie were right there. Hey, you're good, good. Keep doing that, keep doing it. You could literally see it. And I mean, I couldn't hear it, but you could read their lips saying that. So that's the one thing I do like that the guys are actually, hey, let's keep going, keep pushing it, trust it. You're going to get it.
0: Yeah. It's just one of those things, and I, I agree with you, that's an awesome point, because you're also there getting to see it really
3: up close. I do, this-
2: like, I do like that the inside tracks about who's talking, or like, yeah. how do the interactions go that you don't ever see on TV. That is a really cool addition.
3: I'm going to start recording it. I'm just kidding. I, can't
0: I was going to say, I don't want you to get booted
2: yeah, from I'm those not, seats those are my seats. Don't.
3: They love me there, I cannot do that.
0: It's just like You just remember what happened right before the trade and right after the trade where he had 29 points on 17 shots and, you know, 23 points on 12 shots. And you're just looking at that first month of February going, oh, my God, like Josh Green is turning into a dude. We might have to give him like, should we extend him now at four and 80 just to make sure we get a good deal on him? And it still might happen. Right. I mean, at any point, everybody goes through slumps. And what I'm saying right now is I'm hoping that Josh Green is just going through somewhat of a slump rather than regressing back to this player.
3: Would you be okay with doing that? I know we got to go. Sorry. Would you be okay with giving him a contract now, extending him? Not
2: that contract. Right? Not, 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 not that uh, big. Yeah, but I four, would do the old Brunson, the four for fifty-five.
0: Yeah, four for sixty. I'm okay yeah. with four for sixty
2: because I you do say believe in eighty, them. right? Yeah, okay. twenty no, no,
3: years a
0: little I, bit scary right now. But no, the no, thing no, no. is, I was just is asking.
3: I, I, yeah, I heard the.
0: He does need to pick it up, though. Like, and it's just, he's in a slump. It happens to everybody. Like, right now, Tim Hardaway Jr. can't miss. But also, he's not taking bad shots either. And I'm wondering if that's Kyrie helping out a little bit on, I'm not going to, hey, if I give it to you, go ahead and and launch it. But I'm going to give you a good look.
3: And the other thing, too, real quick, uh, is also, I feel like Luka has adapted to what Kyrie wants to do with a little more fast pace. Because they were definitely a lot quicker than they usually are last night.
2: We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, Lamar Jackson, Daniel Jones, and the continually shifting market of the quarterback. We'll do it next right here on The Fan.
1: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
0: Here's a second down and three. Jackson takes it himself. Look at him. Back and forth. Oh, he broke his ankles. Now he's got an entourage and he's got a Touchdown. He is Houdini.
2: What a play. KNC Masterpiece back here on through The Fan, where do the people in this studio say curse words dangerously close to when we're back on the air? Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, they do. All right. So...
3: Was it we, Poopa Loopa?
2: Okay. We got a situation happening with Mike, and him pumping his arms like that is not helping out <laughs> at all. I'm excited about this topic. Let's okay. get it going. Okay. No, you're not.
3: You're excited about where you got to go. Go. All
2: right. Let's talk about the quarterback market. Yeah. Because there was a lot of stuff happening. And Mike, was yesterday your worst nightmare in terms of getting the national media to stop talking about Lamar Jackson? Because I felt like they went the one route that would make people talk about it even more. They tag Lamar Jackson with the non-exclusive franchise tag, which means he can negotiate with other teams at a cost if they execute the deal of two first-round draft picks.
0: I would love to get the Lamar Jackson situation behind us where we know where he's going to play and we move on from that situation because literally, and I think if anybody's like me in the morning, I do multiple things. I cook breakfast for the family. I turn on Alexa on 105.3, the fan. And then sometimes I sit down and drink my coffee on the couch and I turn on the television and see what the national shows, the get up, I think it is on ESPN, what they're talking about. And literally, and I'm not. Every day, I think, for the last 10 episodes, if not more, they have a Lamar Jackson 15-minute to one-hour discussion. And I'm like, there's not much else we can do about this. Now, the story has progressed at least to us today. Is that Now we know the franchise tag is on them, and we know that teams are coming out and colluding and making sure that they are not going to give the Deshaun Watson deal to Lamar Jackson. I thought, I'm sorry, I don't know people's names that well. The lady who was on ESPN this morning, I thought, had a astute take, and she was talking about how Lamar Jackson doesn't have an agent. And I get it, because then yeah. you get all the money, and he can give as much as he wants to his mother or yeah. nothing to his mother. Yeah. It's up to him. Yeah. But she's the acting agent, but she's not a real agent. She doesn't have contacts. She doesn't know general managers. She doesn't know coaches. She's just a mom who loves her child. And the lady was saying on the show... This is really hurting Lamar Jackson not having an agent because the mom cannot go out and really talk to Jerry Jones or Stephen Jones or Will McClay. She has zero relationship with them and doesn't have any other clients. She doesn't have clients on teams. As an
2: agent, you would think like, hey, I know this person with the Panthers. I know this person with the Commanders. I know X, Y, and Z.
0: And they use that. Like, I think it was Quentin Ross, if I want to get my guy's name right, who played, I think, a Dallas Carter or Kimball. And at one point, the Mavericks gave him a contract. They didn't even really want him. But they wanted another client, and the agent kind of promised, hey, Quentin Ross, I think, can work out for you. Give him a two-year, $6 million deal or a three-year, $6 million deal total, and I think he can help you out. But if you hook me up here, might be hooking you up with this other client and kind of pushing him your way too. And yeah. does not always work out that well for yeah. the Mavericks? Definitely not. But w- w- those things happen, and because – Lamar has no agent and has no connection with any other team. It's They struggle right now to be like, all right, why are these teams saying no? I think it's collusion. But... I do too. Lamar has no idea because he doesn't have anybody representing him that knows the other teams. Now, so
2: what Mike talked about or made allusions to, and it was quite astonishing is so the non-exclusive franchise tag gets put on Lamar Jackson. And what that means is if he ends up signing the franchise tag with them, $32.4 million. But it also means now other teams are free to go in and negotiate with Lamar Jackson. If they come up with a compensation package, the Ravens still have the opportunity to match that, or they could turn it down and the other two and the other team will give them two first round picks. But what happened with lightning speed and I think this is why the collusion word came up is the Falcons, Dolphins, Panthers, Commanders, and Raiders all came out one way or another through the media and said that they would not be pursuing a deal for Lamar Jackson. Like I can the Dolphins doesn't surprise me as much, but the Falcons, Panthers, and Commanders. I was surprised. I have thought all along that Lamar Jackson was going to go to the Falcons. Wait, I thought the Commanders were.
3: That is a. That is a. That's just from what Sean was putting out there. That's a
2: theory. Okay, but there was something leaked through the media that the Commanders are reportedly not interested. But you also have to keep in mind, in this time of year, like who's BSing. You know, like that's true.
3: Oh yeah, we don't.
2: Yeah, we don't want him,
3: but totally. Well, let's go and sign him. Yeah, I'm kind of curious why would teams would not want him? There has to be something that's going on that maybe we don't know about. That's information that. I mean, even as a as an agent, you know, my agent, for instance, would say, you know, hey, he's rehabbing this. If this is something that was going on. Right, he is Whereas, coming off injury. Where his mom could be protecting that by not sharing any information if there was something that was going on. Because she's not familiar with how this really goes down. Supposedly no that's why to, he
0: fell to 32 in the draft.
3: Yeah. There's no shots towards, towards her. All, it's nothing wow. against it. Okay. Yeah. It just doesn't. I feel like there's something that we're missing that they're not putting yeah. out there, and that's why Te- I think a lot of teams are slipping. Yeah, team, out.
0: teams did say at the draft we that we don't have all the information we want on Lamar Jackson because he's represented by his mom, and we're not getting the cooperation that we would usually get from other players slash agents.
3: What was his injury again this year? At the end. I forget. I thought I was like it was a leg. Or something. Ankle? Yeah, it some-
0: was something
2: in
3: his leg. So that could be the other thing, too. H- has anybody seen him run or anything like that not since the injury? Because he didn't come back at the end of the season. Right. And, yeah, so, well, and there, there was, was a report that yeah. maybe
0: he could have, and he's like, well, you're not giving me a contract, so I ain't playing.
3: Yeah, exactly. And so because they thought
2: he was going to be back. Now, keep this quote in mind from the Ravens owner. This was about a year ago, in the wake of Deshaun Watson. This is Steve Biscotti talking about deshaun watson's fully guaranteed contract i don't know that he should have been the first guy to get a fully guaranteed contract to me that's something that is groundbreaking and it'll make negotiations harder with others and so that's the point right there that even a year later is so many people have said that lamar jackson supposedly wants a fully guaranteed contract and that's why so many teams are banding together on this but you said you find it curious you're not alone I'm going to read you some tweets from NFL players or former NFL players. Tyron Matthew, when's the last time a league MVP was treated so disrespectfully? I feel some kind of way about it and don't tell me what was offered to him. Show me. J.J. Watt, why are all these teams so publicly out on Lamar Jackson, an MVP winner in his prime at the most important position in the entire NFL? Tyler Boyd, the Ravens are sabotaging number eight. It goes on and on and on of NFL players is like, this is not cool.
0: Okay. Let's let's now look at the other picture of this because this happens in the NBA all the time. How much time do I want to spend, Kevin, negotiating with a restricted free agent? Because if I give them, if I spend all my time and when I spend all my money and I say, here's the max contract, let's just see what happened last year. Nobody wanted to negotiate with DeAndre Ayton because they're like, these SOBs in Phoenix yeah. are playing us and we're not wasting our time. Yeah. And when we give the money... It is restricted for 48 hours that we cannot go spend any more money until it is either uh, matched or we actually get the player. And so the Pacers signed DeAndre Ayton to a max contract, and then it didn't take much time. But then Phoenix said, ha-ha, we match contract, we got you. So here's what I'm wondering from the other side, just to make this a little bit more fair, is our team's going, hey, you know what? We're going to negotiate with Lamar Jackson, work our asses off to get And then you know what Baltimore's gonna do? We don't want your two first round picks. Thank you for signing that contract. That's exactly what we wanted. You're now a Baltimore Raven.
2: And the, I have heard that theory floated out there because the Ravens have had so little traction in negotiations that they were like, fine, go see what the world holds for you. Because also maybe they don't think that either people are gonna do what Lamar Jackson wants or maybe they just don't wanna deal with him and his mom anymore in terms of negotiations. I think you could definitely be on to something there. Now, to go along with all of this, though, we can definitely dive back into Lamar, is did you see the Daniel Jones contract?
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's good for the Ma- as a that's and what Mavericks, I was gonna say is somebody yeah for the Mavericks, too. They're pumped about that. <laughs> somebody that's cheering for the Cowboys. I mean, I'm not a diehard, but. That's cool. That's a great move for the Cowboys. Like, I, great. That I, looks good for us.
2: I absolutely agree. It's a four-year, one hundred and sixty million dollar deal, and this is—I haven't seen the specifics of what these incentives are. With an additional thirty-five million potentially in incentives, you take out the incentives. That's what
3: Dak signed. That's what I was going to ask you. Like, looking at that, there's no way. I, I, he is nowhere close to Dak. I agree. So how? If like, if anything, that should. That should make those other quarterbacks that are around him trying to get contracts be getting as much, if not more, than Daniel Jones. Well, you take a look. He's a lower tier quarterback. No,
2: I, I agree. But take a look at what's happened in the last 48 hours. So that's why when Dak yesterday was like, yeah, we haven't started negotiations yet, but uh, let's get it done, blah, 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 blah. I'm sure he does want to start negotiations right now. Geno Smith, $35 million a year. Derek Carr, $37.5 million a year. And Daniel Jones, $40 million a year. Dak is better than all of those quarterbacks, and feel free to text in because I know that'll make some people mad. But he is better than those three quarterbacks, and I feel like that is not a
3: controversial
2: opinion. So with the extension, he's going to get even more than he's getting now, and that's going to drive Cowboys fans insane.
3: Uh, rank those three quarterbacks.
2: I would go Carr.
3: You have to go Jones. Gino.
2: you, you think-, I think, okay. I'm going to go Jones and Smith because I think you can make an argument that in the back half of the season, Geno Smith was Geno Smith again. I don't think Daniel Jones is great. Don't get me wrong.
0: And isn't Geno like seven years older?
3: Yeah. yeah. But I was saying ranking them wise. Yeah. It's not, I'm not saying you got to sign them.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that you're in a bad spot when you sign guys like that because what you're doing is you're saying... We can only win eleven games max, and we're going to get hammered in the playoffs. Daniel, Jones but that's is- what you're settling for, and I get it. Like, there's only about eight quarterbacks that you feel like when we have this guy, we have a chance to win it all. And then some guys, you know, grow and surprise you. Jalen Hurts obviously grew into a quarterback that I didn't see happening. But uh, you know, I look at Daniel Jones and I think, could the Giants win ten or eleven games next year? Yeah, they could win ten or eleven. But that's it, and then they'll get they'll lose in the first round, and that's the best case scenario for them. Same with Geno.
3: But they can only go as far with Daniel Jones as long as his legs are there for him. He can't throw; he's not that good at throwing.
0: I agree with you.
3: His legs saved him but he's, more than anything. What
0: twenty six years old?
3: I think yeah. their
2: hope is that first year in the Dable system they took a jump and made the playoffs. Sure. I, I, so they're definitely, like, taking some uh, projection into this. So I, I hear you. But that's why I, I saw Bobby yesterday. It was like, that's the exact deal the Dak got, so be quiet. You know, and so some people also say, realistically, if you look further into that deal, it's two years, $82 million guaranteed. But even then, you're talking about $41 million per year, and maybe they're going to use this as a two-year window to judge where he is. I'm just trying to prepare cowboys fans i guess is i think that Dak is going to get a contract extension to lower that salary cap number and if you think it's going to be lower there's the daniel jones bar at 40 million so it ain't going lower
0: so here's why i'm okay with this first of all i do think Dak's a good quarterback i don't think he's a top eight quarterback in the nfl i think he's just below that but he's definitely ahead of daniel jones and top 10 yeah, he's right about tenth to me, and maybe even, but he's better than Daniel Jones. He's better than Derek Carr. He's better than Geno Smith. He's better than all these guys that are getting thirty-five to forty million dollars. But he's not as good as these guys that are about to sign these contracts. And this yeah. is why I'm not opposed to the Cowboys extending him for three years and and lowering the cap number because I do think Joe Burry's about Joe Burrow's about to get fifty million a year. Yeah. I do think that Herbert's going to get close to fifty yeah. million a year, and I do think that Jalen Hurts now is going to get forty-five to forty-seven million dollars a year. Then right after that I think Trevor Lawrence is going to get $50 million a year. And so you just start looking at things like this and you start going now what if Chicago puts together a nice hundred million dollar free agency package with trades and then all of a sudden uh Justin, Justin Fields, Fields yeah. maybe I don't think it'll happen, but maybe does the Jalen Hurts improvement and you're like, oh my gosh, he's a $45 million quarterback. And if you were to wait on Dak, you might be looking at extensions where he's more closer to $50 million a year.
2: And that's why this might be a topic for another time is I would love for the Cowboys to decide one way or another. Either you're riding out the next two years or you're like, well, this is is what we're doing because you're right. The number is just going to keep going up and up and up. And if you could at least lock it in now, then you'd have it in for, you know, let's say five years with the two that are existing and the extension. At least then you could plan your cap accordingly. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, it's time for Baseball Nuggets with Mike Bassick and
0: Derek Holland. Derek, do you want to tease this? Because I saw Baseball Nuggets on the run sheet with something already there. Oh,
3: Go ahead. I don't know. All right, well, if not,
0: then I want to talk about the next Joe DiMaggio's in Korea. What? Next.
2: KNC Masterpiece back here on 105.3 The fan We got Derek Holland rocking with us all day because it's a Wednesday. But now it's time for some baseball nuggets.
0: So I find this really interesting because the World Baseball Classic started. Yes. And in an upset. That's right. The Netherlands beat Cuba. Does is it start technically,
3: though, like I know we were talking about, is it really an upset, though? The yes. Netherlands are good. And well, Cuba's good, too.
0: I don't. When a team's favored... And they lose? Well, yeah, I get that. I, thanks. Ooh, Never mind. He just talked
2: down <laughs> yeah. to you right he there. Did. The way
0: he's
3: looking at me, too.
0: He,
2: You know what he's saying? Hey, dumbass, don't you know what an uh, upset is? It's
3: like, this is my stupid kid across from me now. Let's I, what to you're help saying him. is, is to the show. starting
0: next week, in an 8-9 matchup in the NCAA tournament, if the 9 beats the 8, you're saying, that's not really an upset, even though the 8 seed was, let's say, favored by 1. You're saying it was really an evenly yeah, matched game. Yes. What you're saying is that was an 8-9 matchup Correct. Right there. That's fine, but somebody has to be. That's okay. No, you already. Somebody has to be. right. Already ruined my day. As Kevin Hart says, somebody has to be the overdog. (laughs) You know,
3: God, for that DraftKings commercial. What a start to this segment! All right, let's begin.
0: Let's talk about Korea. Korea faces Australia tonight, and it's at 9 p.m. Who cares, right? I really don't care that much, but this article makes me care a little bit. Okay. Korea's superstar outfielder, and I hope I'm saying his name right, Jung Ho Lee, uh, is the reigning MVP in the Korean League. He's 24 years old and has been considered the complete package for major league teams next year. So he hits for average power with a refusal to strike out that is positively DiMaggio esque. What? Lee hit 349. With a 5, 575 slugging, 23 home runs last year, uh, only struck out 32 times in 627 plate appearances. So that's kind of, honestly, kind of Tony Gwynnish when you yeah. look at that many at-bats and not striking out. Derek, I'm going to stop here because I wanted to go and play in Korea because my major league career was not working out well.
3: I almost did. Shinsu Chu, uh, a really good friend of mine, reached out and was like, hey, would you be interested in playing? The only thing that I have against Korean baseball is there's only six teams. So that's where, like, I I love this comparison of Joe DiMaggio and all that, but you're not seeing that many teams, whereas in the major leagues, we're seeing 30 teams. Same thing if they went and played Japan, you're seeing a lot of teams. If he was playing since obviously he's overseas, if he was playing in Japan, I think there'd be a lot more respect on it. That's just my opinion, just because there's more teams, little tougher competition, not saying that it's not tough competition at all in Korea. It's just there's not as much going on.
0: So you answered my question perfectly there. I didn't even have to answer it. It's kind of you mean ask it. What? yeah. What are your thoughts on (laughs) kind of Korea baseball? And you gave those thoughts because it says here that he's a bad ball hitter. Uh, you can find some clips on Twitter going around where he does these Vladimir uh, Guerrero Sr. impressions. Uh, like the ball bounces in front of the plate and, and he, he just somehow digs it out and makes it. contact and hits a double on it. But this is a guy that they've said MLB scouts are all over right now. Is that they want to get, maybe in this World Baseball Classic, if he faces Japan, if they obviously advance, which they probably will, probably be Japan and Korea advancing out of that uh Pocket, whatever the hell they call the thing, the not bracket, but
2: pod, you can even say pod. I yeah, pod. Yeah. yeah. If
0: if they if as long as those two advance, then all of a sudden they might have to play the Dominican Republic, uh, or Venezuela, or Puerto Rico, or the United States. And they're like, we really want to see this guy, even though it's not fair to judge a guy on five games. Is that we'd love to see this guy, his name again, Jung Ho Lee, face maybe some real major leaguers and see what he looks like in those situations.
3: That's the thing, too, with like the baseball culture over in Asia, or Asian side, um, Japan, Korea, they do a very good job playing the small ball and also hitting the off-speed pitches. If you watch the way uh, Japanese pitchers, for instance, uh, pitch, they nibble the corners. They never really miss over the middle of the plate. It's always trying to work the corners. And the other thing is, once they get two strikes, they don't throw strikes very often. It's because they... I don't want to say they're afraid to pitch contact because they're not. It's not that. It's just they try to get more of they want to get you to get out of out of the zone. And that's why with Asian hitters, they're so good at hitting the off speed pitches because they go to where they're breaking, Um, you know, facing a lot of the Asian players. They're very good at that. Their zone awareness is very, very good. And they're able to is something that we don't do as much. I think here is work on wise. We're too busy trying to create launch angle and all that. They are not afraid to go the other way. They go where the ball is pitched. So a lot of respect to what they do with their approaches. Now, with them coming here and trying to play, a lot of them don't perform as well because of the height. You know, they have so much height, but right. then all of a sudden they face a little bit different pitching. To where we're not afraid to attack the zone. Once I get two strikes, I'm not afraid to go right back in there and pitch to contact. I, if you hit it, great. But if you don't, I made my pitch. We'll see you later. You know what's so interesting
0: seat. is to your point, there's so many different hitting philosophies and pitching philosophies in the game of baseball. And it's great because you'll see a dude who like Aaron Judge believes in hitting this way. Well, I mean, if you're six foot seven and two hundred ninety pounds, on. like that's a good yeah. philosophy for you. If you're probably five foot seven and 155 pounds, if you're work. Dustin Pedroya, you might not yeah. want to do that approach at the plate because they're totally different <laughs> players. But I've always wondered this. The way that Ichiro or Shohei Otani or or these guys hit, or you could take maybe a Chu Chu, who you've seen obviously play for the Texas Rangers for a long time, they have a very different philosophy and almost a different um th- their physical approach is very different. It looks like they're falling away from home plate as they're as they're swinging, and they're all left-handed hitters. But when you watch uh, say a Suzuki for let's just say the Chicago Cubs last year, right-handed hitter, they have a different looking swing then Americans, then Latins. And I'm like, nobody teaches this swing. And I'm wondering who who would ever come over here from, let's just say, Asia and start teaching this philosophy of hitting.
3: That's the thing, too. With with that, their two-strike approach is unbelievable. I faced Ichiro a lot. And his whole thing, as soon as I got two strikes, I knew he's going the other way. He wants to slap it, and he's going to beat it out if that's the way it is. And I feel like I'm going to get in trouble with that one clipped. Friday at one thirty is yep. masterpiece well, that of the
0: week. <laughs> saw an, a knee brace on my knee and bunted for a hit. I'm like Ichiro, I'm not that good. Swing the bat, man. But
3: that's they. <laughs> so I feel like their approach early, pull the ball, late, go the other way. And you know the the one thing I noticed with Chu is his whole approach. Once he had two strikes, it's middle to away because he's hit like I had to face him one time in live BP. He drilled me, hit one right back up the middle, hit me right in my leg. That's how his approach is. And it was a great pitch. It was something away, but he went with it. He goes to where it's pitched. So their philosophy is very good. The other thing in America
0: or in Latin America is when you're pitching, Derek, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but for the most part, every pitcher and every pitching coach is teaching. We want to keep the momentum going. When you lift your leg, when you start your lift of your leg. Keep the momentum going. Don't have pauses because then you stop the momentum. You can sometimes stop the energy into the baseball by pausing. And you'll see a lot of, I'll say, Japanese pitchers. I'm sorry, I'm not drawing any. Like, I know Chan Ho Park, I believe, was Korean, but like,
3: Darvish would do it.
0: Yeah, he'd pause, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, but there's no way no American pitching coach is going to say, hey, I want you to lift your leg, and I want you to pause and hold and then restart your motion because it's kind of like you lose the energy of the leg lift that you had. And I'd love to know more of their philosophy on why do you have pauses in your motion, and it does work for them.
3: Right, and they still, like Darvish was, I've spent a lot of time with him. Is it just correct? His balance is so good that he doesn't lose the power. He's still in his perfect power position, doesn't lose any of the momentum. He still stays back, and then he goes. So he gives himself plenty of time to still explode down the hill right. and, and fire away.
0: And obviously it gets tough with a runner on base. You have to then, a lot Can't of times Americans are like, we're not going to teach you to pause in this motion because now we're going to have to create a totally different motion with a runner on base because if you do that, then they're just going to jog into each base and still every base on you, so... There's different philosophies there. Derek, I know I have two minutes here. I want to go back to yesterday's baseball nuggets and get your idea here quickly. Is the Rangers have a lot of injuries in their rotation right now, but not major injuries, just side injuries or, or kind of at what point do you start? I don't want to say pressing, but at what point do you start looking at the calendar going, crap, I don't know if I'm going to be ready on March 30th or April 1st.
3: It's, it's very close to now. I mean, we're, you're, I would say you're probably at the most a week away of all right we gotta start panicking we gotta start worrying about this because guys are sh- should be getting their innings up now the yeah. whole point of spring training and that's why I wish more people would understand is don't get so caught up in especially the guys that have contracts I'm I hate using DeGrom as the example so let's go with Devaldi. he's got a contract this is the time for guys like that to be able to work on their stuff don't worry about the ERA all that whatever it's more about them they could be trying to work on a certain pitch trying to see how the results go so I never get caught up in that. But injury-wise, I wouldn't get, I wouldn't worry until we're a little bit closer because innings is the big issue.
0: And to this point, like Bartolo Colon, like you can be a fatso and and be a guy that can throw 120 pitches in a game. But you can also be in as a shape as Giannis Antetokounmpo. And if I gave him a ball and said throw it 100 times, he'd be like, I can't move for three days. As my dad says, I can't comb my hair or wipe my ass because I'm so sore after throwing a ball 100 times. That's a good one. And so right now... It doesn't – sometimes people look at physical shape of a pitcher, and sometimes it's not the physical shape. It's that cardio pitching shape that even LeBron James or whoever cannot – it's a totally different cardio physical shape than even – they're in much better running up and down a basketball court and everything like that. But if I said, hey, I want you to be in baseball pitching shape, they'd be like, I'm going to die out here if you make me do this again.
3: It's more of a mental game. You're playing the mental games while you're out there. That's the main thing is those guys like, for instance, Bartolo – they have a strong mental game to where they don't get messed up by that. Now, granted, having this pitch clock too, which I wish we could continue to talk more about. I know we're getting out of time. Well, but we only have 11, three hours 20. left. I know we'll, we'll get it going. But that's I that's the big thing too. Is I'm curious how it would affect a guy like Bartolo now using the pitch clock. But he, most guys work pretty quick. That's the thing.
2: We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, the Mavs rotational change we actually want to see. Might be different than what you're thinking. 877-881-1053. You want to get involved in the conversation. We'll do it next on The Fan.
1: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?